Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. This is episode number 28 with Mountains in Mind. Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and business coach, and I've decided to bring on other successful entrepreneurs to share their story and how they're helping others to do the impossible. Today, my guest is Darren Hunt. He's a performance coach, a mountain leader, inspirational speaker, and is an operational member of Buxton Mountain Rescue Team. He combines his values of wanting to help others with his love for the great outdoors and launched Mountains in Mind to help you climb mountains in your own business. Welcome, Darren. Thank you very much. I'm so excited to have you on today (laughs) because what you do is so unusual and you've also been able to really go after your dreams and make them happen. And I think that you've achieved some things that a lot of people would like to achieve and haven't. So started in IT project management and today you spend time hiking through mountains and helping people to achieve their dreams in their business. So how did you make those dreams come true for yourself? Yeah, what a what a journey really for, you know, it's sort of just preparing really for this for this sort of interview or podcast and gives you really good time to reflect and just to sort of pay gratitude of how far I've come. Very different um, life now that I lead uh, compared to sort of IT project management. We used to work with partners at IBM uh, over here in the UK and Europe. And before that, uh, before I got into IT consultancy, I I used to work in retail. Oh, wow. I fell into retail because I didn't get in the military. And I didn't get into the military because I listened to outside influences. My father uh, didn't want me to go into military at the time. And so I, I let that influence my decision. And I just fell into retail. It was a jewelry shop, you know, believe it or not, selling gold rings and watches. And, and it was just a job for yeah. me. But that progressed. And I managed to get a, a job into IT, into computers. And then I just to networking which I didn't realize I was doing at the time networking and getting on with people and uh, and I progressed up to um, to an IT consultant which wasn't too bad considering I actually left co- uh, well, left school with no qualifications at all wow. and um, it wasn't really what I wanted to do but it paid really well I ended up on a sort of a six-figure salary all the all the perks and company vehicles and you know pension schemes and all the all the normal corporate strappings that uh, that tend to come with that but i've always been heavily into the outdoors you know mainly hiking and trekking in in the mountains of the uk and i suppose the the travel bug as well was from when we were growing up we used to go in we call a caravan in the uk but on the trailer uh, mm. and then take that around the uk and with my parents and you know, I just spend holidays and vacations sort of out into the wilderness. And it was a moment when I had opportunity in 2005 to trek, to hike to the summit of Kilimanjaro. And it was during that, that those 10 days I was out in Tanzania that I had what people say is a light bulb moment. I was on the summit night. It was dark. It was cold. It was really tough because of the altitude. And it was just a moment there. It was bizarre. I can still remember it to this day. I was changing the batteries on a head torch of a fellow trekker. And it was that moment that I thought, this is what I want to do. Not change batteries for a living in head torches, but introduce 
people to these amazing locations you know around the world and this is 2005 as it i had no idea how that transition was going to make or to enable me to transit from an it consultant to somebody to a mountain guy to a mountain leader it was just no idea but the, the seed was planted at that time to come back and you know back into the normal you know that race but something had changed within me. I started looking for ways out of IT. So I looked at various multi-level marketing businesses. And then I watched a TV program about real estate. And I thought, actually, this could, could be my way out of corporate IT. You know, I had to replace, so in my mind at the time, was to replace the, this big pay packet, you know, like for like, which obviously, you know, which is not what I did. But it was real estate that sort of gave me the ticket they the, the opened the door really to to enable me to to leave corporate it to redevelop myself really you know i became through that process of personal development my mindset had to change from a you know a corporate rat race employee to to go out there and, and go it alone and it was as we know it's it's a mindset is a big part of of that so i went through tony robbins style training i became a a certified NLP master practitioner, did a lot of presentation skills, uh, training as well. And I did this just to enhance my sales techniques to secure real estate. But what I didn't realize was happening, I was actually changing myself. Wow. And uh, I'll able then to, to then help others. And I wanted to, to set up a, initially it was set up a, a, a outdoor business, travel business to, to take people around and inspire people to go and do these trips. But what actually was being developed out there was uh, a business that I wanted to create to actually help business owners uh, as well. And it was, I didn't know how that was going to develop in the early days of mountains in mind. But six years ago, I quit the corporate rat race with the help of obviously the real estate. It gave me an income to actually go to go big really. Uh, and to set up mountains in mind uh, and then to take my first set of clients to Kilimanjaro. So when you saw this commercial for a real estate, like, did you end up going to a conference or did you, because that's a lot to learn. I mean, there's a lot of legal things involved. Oh, and- massive amount of t- to learn. Yes. And I actually saw it on the program and then got onto to Google or whatever the search engine was 11, 12 years ago, you know, ask Jeeves or whoever it was. <laughs> 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 question maybe one for the listeners to answer but yes we w- i went onto the search engines and found a, a weekend training conference it was on that conference that we'd refinanced the house we'd taken seventy thousand pound out sterling out out of the out of our property and thought right we've got to get into real estate because this is there's something about it that that is going to to help us you know to help me you know to achieve these dreams after the conference we bought two properties uh, and we had no money. And it's like, right, okay, so that's not really going to enable us, these two properties, enough cash flow to enable me to leave to leave corporate world. So then it was another more Googling. We've met some people on this particular training course who ended up being my mentor. We uh, were buying a lot of money, a lot of properties, no money down. So using other people's money or a technique, uh, you can't sort of do it so easily nowadays. Um, but Basically, we had no money left, so we we're buying properties for, for no money down. And that would then increase our cash flow enough to go into some more education 
uh, to invest one in ourselves, but more into property education as well, to learn other legal aspects of property. And that, that is still being continued to, to this day. Uh, I do coach other property investors as well as, you know, people want to change their lives as well. You know, Amazing. Outdoors. So now that you've gone through this journey and you've achieved so much, what's the, the number one thing that you're most grateful for? A uh, really good question. And, and, and I was listening to and I was listening to your podcast and I, I often think about how would I answer this? Moving aside, obviously, I'm very grateful for my, for my daughters, but for my family, for all the, you know, the sunshine and everything else. So what's that one thing I am grateful for? I think I'm grateful for making that bold decision to actually to follow the dream not to let it be dormant for forever and live life with regrets. And I actually made the, the leap really from corporate life when I was 43. You know, I made that decision when on Kilimanjaro I was 35. So I think, you know, the one thing was I, I, I'm grateful for making that decision because I often look back and when things are tough, we know things get tough in entrepreneurial world and you think, oh, let me just go back to the job I used to have before. And then the cold sweats come. And you think, oh, no, no way. I couldn't do that now. You know, I'm sitting here in the office now and there is office time, but still, get, you know, if I wasn't in the office doing this, I wouldn't be able to take, you know, people on these hikes around the world who just come back from Nepal. So I'm just grateful for making that decision because that leads to all the gratitude as well, I think. So what's been your intention in creating the uh, mountains in mind? I often think about the, the early days of mountains in mind, you know, probably eight, seven eight years ago when i was just being introduced and, and going through that personal development and obviously that still continues to this day and it was like right i want to create mountains in mind to help and inspire other people to make this leap of faith that i, I have done now and still going through yeah. uh, at that time and that was the main driver and it's developed into 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 other things as well and but that was the main drive is to help people with the mindset, but using the great outdoors, you know, the fresh air, nature, you know, obviously it's becoming more prevalent now in the press, you know, sort of mindfulness, you know, we've got to get back in touch with nature. There's a lot more stress in, in the world now. So that's opened a lot more doors for me in that aspect. So now we're working with business owners who possibly have lost their way after t- making that leap of faith, you know, so it was whether it's entrepreneurs, whether it's sort of property investors who have left the busy, hectic corporate world and gone to a busy, hectic entrepreneur world and actually let that dwarf there and, and their reasons why have probably got lost a little bit along the way. Yeah. And, and what we found as well, because we've run a few trips now with this, that networking in a, a neutral environment, not a hotel, you know, not a bar, not the sort of the typical places where we tend to network yeah. is let's do it into nature. Let's do it into some amazing place. Why not Kilimanjaro, Everest Base Camp, you know, northern, you know, the, the, the Atlas Mountains in North Africa. And let the environment inspire you in that direction. And really great now bonds have been formed you know a lot of joint ventures a lot of businesses have changed direction a lot of some businesses have closed but changed direction of where they need to be because the owner the entrepreneur the coach the property investor has actually got back in touch with themselves why did they do this you know yeah. what's why did they make that move in the first place because opportunity shiny pennies we've all been there so what are some of the mountains that you've climbed because i want people to really yep. kind of you know, understand all the different places you take people. And also, are there any testimonies that stand out that 
somebody that's gone on your trip and you really, you know, they really had a breakthrough or it was the beginning of something new in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Kilimanjaro, I call that the mountain of dreams. That's where I had the dream of making the transition. Uh, I've done that six times now. Uh, I'm scheduled to do it two times next September, um, just before fall. How many miles is that? How many miles? It's 45 miles in duration over the course of, we do this over eight days. Okay. Uh, and we're quite proud to announce that we've actually got 100% success rate on this mountain, where the average is 82%. So oh, wow. we put a impressive. straight strategy, get the build the best team. You use the, you use the sort of ethos of entrepreneurs and building a great team around you. It took, took me two years to find the, the partner we use now in Tanzania that we work with. The, the ethics uh, and everything else so and the values so we've created a really good system now that enables all our clients to get to the summit we've just come back from Everest Base Camp that's my third trip to Everest Base Camp uh, and that was a really amazing trip this year as everything is to the to Everest Base Camp from the Himalaya and Tubikel which is the highest mountain in North Africa and the reason why I've chosen Tubikel certainly for our UK clients is it's only a short four hour flight from the UK to North Africa. And it's a completely different world. Well, we've got a trip going out there in the end of March, and it's just a weekend. We can do this at weekends. So that's 4,000, what's that, about a 14,000 feet foot mountain Wow! Uh, out there. So we don't have anything in the UK that big. In Europe, yes, we do. The obvious, yeah. Obviously, the highest one in Western Europe is Mont Blanc, which is 4,800 meters and what's that in feet. A lot of our clients... Who just who joined us on the last Everest Base Camp trip were from the US. So I say meters and they'll say, What's that in feet? We used to do it now. <laughs> so, so yeah, so the biggest breakthrough from if there's one breakthrough that I can start to spring to mind is a client and a friend of mine, uh, Sharka, Sharka Wild. And she originated from the Czech Republic, she grew up behind the Iron Curtain. Uh, so, you know, it was still sort of the communism and, and, and all that. So she had a lot of constraints. Obviously, one for being a, a lady in an Eastern Bloc country, but also with the constraints of communism and, and obviously all that, that went around it. The wall came down, obviously, in was 89 now. And she wanted to expand herself. So she moved over to the UK probably about 15 years ago worked in corporate in the city of London, but wanted to, to do things for herself. So she set up a real estate agency, a part of the UK in Oxfordshire. You may have heard of Oxford University. So it's in the same area of Oxford University. And she was having trouble within her business. She wanted to grow it. She didn't really know which direction she wanted to go, et cetera, et cetera. And she likes coming out on, on these adventures. So she first joined us in Kilimanjaro two years ago had massive breakthroughs. She took some changes with her and herself back into her business. And she then came out to us to North Africa last uh, beginning of this year. And because it was a small, intimate group of just purely business owners, we just had five to six days of just pure networking. Out of that, she had some massive, massive breakthroughs from then. She went back and made some drastic changes within the business, let some staff go, bought some new staff in, and realized that she needs to grow a business to realize her dreams and then to bob acquisition. Okay. So she taken that off. And then she joined us and Nepal this year as well. <laughs> so she's got the coveted triple crown. So everybody comes on three trips to us, gets this nice little trophy called the triple crown. <laughs> and, um, yes he was awarded that 
Um, so yeah, she's she's had some really great good breakthroughs. She wants to go on on the public speaking circuit as well to help inspire ladies and other entrepreneurs as well. And we just had a call this morning actually. Okay. Uh, sort of ideas and putting her in connection with a, a real estate training company who has 52 meetings around the UK as well to get on the speaker circuit there to share her dream and to inspire uh, as well. And to obviously attract from her business joint venture partners as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Well. So, yeah, so if you, if you say what was one person, there would be many breakthroughs, but probably Shark is the one that springs to mind at the forefront of my mind. So what do you think it is about being out there, you know, hiking along with the networking? What is it specifically about the mountains you think that really helps people? Is it because there's someplace brand new and, and out in nature or do you think it's the exercise or a combination? I think it's a combination. I think certainly at the moment and certainly in the UK and I know it's going to be the same in the US uh, and, and, and other parts around the world, Australia, etc. as well, get too hooked on technology i know we're using technology now and we're still engrossed in technology and it's at our fingertips literally in our pocket 24 7 side of our bed it, it, it's there and we get too connected but as we know it's, it's a cliche and but we're more connected now but we're more disconnected yeah and people striving for the answer on our in our hand and whether it's iphone whether it's a smartphone but not going too deep but the answers as we know are within yeah but we need to change that what let's say a false environment to something more natural where pretty much we all, we all came from as human beings and it's that connection back with the fresh air the mountains or even wilderness doesn't need to be in mountains it could be the desert it could be just sort of like you know agricultural areas it could be anywhere where it's not we haven't got technology around us so much yeah and i think with exercise anyway, as you know, the endorphins that that are kicked off by by just exercise, whether it's walking, whether that's running, whether it's trail running, whether it's skiing, climbing, whatever it is, whether it's going to the gym, we know they're they're addictive and, and they're they're a feel good factor in our mind. But networking and just being out in the outdoors, not necessarily networking, being out in the outdoors by yourself and just listening to the birds. Yeah. It's that form of meditation. You know, I've got a feng shui coach. My my best time for energy is in the morning. It's when the sun is rising. That's my that's my feng shui. That's when I'm the best. And it is. But also with that, it sets you up for the day. It's a, you know, it's, you don't need that coffee kick in the morning. It's that that run or that walk. It, it helps you there. But you take a group of like minded people who want to achieve in their lives and and influence other people's lives as well into this environment and magic just happens you, you're out of the let's dress up a bit formal put our you know smart shoes on maybe a jeans maybe a nice shirt it's just like when you go running everybody has a pair of shorts everybody has a pair of trainers or sneakers everybody has a running top all the same yeah nobody knows what's behind that person so you strip all those layers away you just become you and as we know in business you do business with people you know like and trust so if you've just trekked to the height to the summit of the highest mountain in africa you're going to pretty much trust you're going to know these people because you spent eight days maybe shared a tent with them you're going to know them <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know you're going to smell the same together which isn't pleasant you know, <laughs> you know you're going to share a once in a lifetime magical experience with this person that you could possibly either mastermind with 
or do some joint ventures or collaboration in business with. That's got to be more powerful than having a, you know, a Skype coffee chat, you know, somebody you might have met on Facebook. Yeah. That's obviously a strong connection as well, but these, these bonds will never ever disappear. Yeah. And you're achieving something. You're like achieving something with somebody, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have follow-up calls as well, you know, Zoom calls. We have Zoom calls before, so everybody gets to meet, you know, sort of lots of people's faces all over Zoom. Um, and you get to meet people beforehand as well. And we have these catch-up meetings and obviously WhatsApp groups. And we use, use technology even though, you know, we want to be away from technology, <laughs> which is a great thing on Kilimanjaro because it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. no data signal on Kilimanjaro which is great even well there is but it's so poor and slow it just doesn't work so you just leave your phone alone yeah and then that's it you know unfortunately unfortunately depending on where you look at it the main Everest trail now has some super fast 3G and 4G <laughs> all the way yeah. up. and each lodge now has you know extreme Wi-Fi and you know so you're disconnected but not completely yeah you know. But it is what it is. It's it's a great environment anyway. And just the energy and you come back and you've always got that thing in common. And, you know, you, you if you're on a public circuit for speaking, you know, and you stand up there and share your experience trekking to the, to the summit of Kilimanjaro and what you've brought back from that, it's just going to stand out, you know, and, and you're quite unique in that, in that environment. Now, if somebody's listening and they, maybe they've never done any mountain climbing, but they're interested, what would you say to them? Do they have to prepare before they go and sign up? Or can you handle somebody that's brand new? And like, what kind of shape do they have to be in? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and these kind of treks, go, you know, we'll talk a lot about the Everest, obviously the Everest film that came out a couple of years ago. Obviously the stories dropped around that. Kilimanjaro, all the sort of what we'll class a big ticket trips people have most people have heard of in fact who hasn't heard of everest base camp or everest you know yeah, <laughs> right? kilimanjaro so that well, class these are big ticket sort of locations you know Machu and places like that so it does attract by default people that probably haven't experienced the outdoors you know in in in, in a lot of ways certainly haven't probably hiked or trekked in a mountain environment for the training uh, we welcome anybody that comes along because there's no technical climbing there's no ropes you know harnesses we don't put ice squeezes ice squeezes we don't need crampons anything like that on these tracks so it's pretty much open to anybody and i was privileged three years two and a half three years ago to to be involved with a wheelchair summit attempt for kilimanjaro oh wow uh, as well which is completely life-changing for lots of people uh as well so pretty much anybody can can sort of come i call it the kilimanjaro mindset it's going to be a tough trek. So if you can be mentally prepared as much as you possibly can in this part of our pre-trip coaching and, and our sort of work we do with all our clients uh, beforehand. And fitness. Yeah, if you, if you can be a – you don't need to be a marathon runner. You don't need to be running sort of, you know, 30, 40, 50 mile Western State 100-mile sort of trail races or anything like this. But if you can have a – want to say a basic level of fitness and my sort of rule of thumb my guide is if you can walk two days in hilly or mountainous environment and be okay on the monday you're more than ready to come and do something like kilimanjaro i think too that people underestimate how in shape or out of shape they are i think that 
you and I have talked and my dad mentioned that my dad hikes a lot and he always, I think the last hike he brought me on, I think I mentioned to you was 21 miles of the Pacific Crest Trail in one day. <laughs> and uh, I was so mad at him because he told me it was going to be four, you know, oh, it's going four. 21 miles later, you know, <laughs> and you know, I, I, at that time I had said, I'm not in shape. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready for some huge major climb, you know, cause I'm used to him taking me up to these, you know, really steep uh, mountains and run up the mountain because, you know, if you go too slow, you get too tired, but I'm like, I'm not there. I'm not there. And then 21 miles in one day. So, you know, to a degree, you can push yourself a lot farther than you mentally think. Absolutely, and and you know, there's a saying I think, isn't it? Goes something along, you know, you're a lot fitter, you're a lot stronger than you think you are. Yeah, and that has a direct correlation to business as well and to life. It's true, doesn't it? Wow, that's deep. Yeah. So there's a lot of correlation and a lot of connections you can make in in business and in life by being out in the hills and by being in the mountains. And Kilimanjaro is a tough challenge. There's no two ways about it. And it's not tough on terrain as such. There's no technical climbing. It's tough because of the altitude. You yeah. know, you're climbing very high, very quick, very fast. And a lot of people do suffer from the altitude sickness on them. And that's not being on oxygen and being helicoptered off. You just feel ill. Yeah. You know, for the listeners out there who have probably drank a little bit too much and felt not so good the next day. People say, what does altitude sickness feel like? And it's like a bad hangover. You know, if you can be relatively fit, fantastic. But most people absolutely underestimate how fit you need to be. And again, you can correlate that with business. Yeah. How difficult setting something up that, you know, you're going to be working 12, 18 hour days to get this brain, get this baby off the ground, which is your business. And you need that Kilimanjaro mentality just to keep on going, just to keep one foot in front of the other the small steps, the slight edge, we know Jeff Olson, we know the story, to keep moving. So you can draw a lot of, you know, correlation, I don't know if I've used that word so many times in a minute, but, you know, similarities back to, to hiking something like Killy. So what has been your truth that you've held fast to through working in IT to where you are today? What's been your one truth? My one truth is, is that, that vision. I had sort of a friend and a client who you know, <laughs> said to me, he remembered sitting on a ski lift with me probably 10 years ago, just at the start of this journey, you know, part of the way, you know, one or two years into this journey. And I said to him on that ski lift, I want to finish work. I want to qualify as a mountain guide. I want to be a volunteer mountain rescue person with Buxton Mountain Rescue. That's a sort of a town that we live in in the UK. And property is going to do that for me. And he saw me speak three years ago at a property, a real estate investor meeting on that. And I just done my second trip with clients and he, he, he has now become a client two hours as well. He's been on two trips with me so far. And he said, you've always had that dream and you've all stuck to it. And I admire that to you. And I met a friend at a black tie dinner. Just literally I landed at Heathrow at six o'clock in the evening Drove two hours north to Birmingham, which is a, a, a town, second city, city of the UK, in black tie. So two days before, I was, was unshaven. I was in trekking gear. Two days after that, I was in a black tie. 
and with 700 real estate investors, like, you couldn't get two different worlds. What to do merch. But a friend of mine there, Paul, he said to me, he said, as a vast majority, he's a coach as well, so the vast majority of people in this room have left their old life, gone into real estate, and created this business and got engrossed in this business and not really had a reason why they wanted to do this. I followed your journey since we first met nine years ago. And I can't think of anybody else who's stuck to their reason why. Yeah. You've gone out, you've qualified as a mountain guide, you've run these trips, you've done what you said you were going to do on the tin. And, I, and I've done that. And I always remember putting these post-it notes on the window, my goals, what I wanted to do when I, when I first was introduced to coaching, being coached myself 10 years ago. That's amazing. So I know you kind of mentioned this again. So if people are listening, they're interested in your next trips, what are yeah. some of the things that are, you've got going on? Yeah, we've got, uh, we're going to launch uh, over the Christmas period, over the holiday, because pretty much closed down a little bit over the holiday period here. We're going to be launching dates for Kilimanjaro for September of next year. This is going to be focused at real estate investors and entrepreneurs of any, of any background. So whether you're an internet marketer, with a real estate investor, whether you're a coach, I believe you know we mastermind with people from different niches, with different industries. You know we can learn and, and bring skills into our own niche. I look outside of the industry to bring the techniques and everything else back into like the travel business. So I mean, all our all our trips are posted on our, our website, which is mountainsinmind.com. And because we run our trips all around the world, you can be geographically anywhere. We've had clients from Australia, uh, my business partner, my life partner, Claire, she was out there who's qualified as a mountain guide as well. She was out there with a group of eight uh, Australian business owners, Australian New Zealand business owners in an area of Nepal, which is not as strenuous as base camp. It was more <laughs> luxurious, really nice quality lodges. And, and then they helped. They stopped at a school, which they'd raised money for at the end. That's what we're going to be work, focusing more philanthropic combining all this together and it's all full now but we're we're heading back out to north africa end of march oh wow uh, what i was finding somebody asked me this uh, a few weeks ago it was actually a client what do you darren what do you do for your hobby <laughs> and i had to stop for a moment i thought actually this used to be my hobby now it's my business and people say follow your passion to make it your your dream life but what I found out, where was my escape? And everybody says, you know, says you hear the saying, you know, create a life that you don't need to take a holiday from. Yeah. I tried that, and I still need to take a holiday, but I couldn't, I couldn't think of what holiday I needed to take. Yeah. Like from something. I thought, actually, this is what I used to take a holiday too. So what we're doing now is we're limiting the number of trips we go on, we lead, because we actually want to do it for ourselves as well. Okay. So yeah. we're only looking at running now probably two to three trips a year. Okay. It's going to be special trips, you know, Kilimanjaro and that. But you've got to feed the market, feed your customer base. It's like, oh, but you've also got to be true to yourself. Yeah. And I, I, when I had that dream back in 2005, I don't think I said to myself, I actually want to create a travel business as in, you know, run 30, 40 trips a year because then I become the CEO. Yeah. And then I lose touch of what I really wanted to do this for. I'm CEO of a real estate business. Yeah. Um, I run this business because I, I'm very passionate about it and I'm very passionate about taking people and seeing that those changes, seeing those changes as well. And sometimes it's difficult to say no, but necessary. Yeah. Say, I think it's no, so powerful that you're able to 
you know, find a way, find a business to fund your dreams. And, you know, I mean, that's just a, a unique thing where, to your point that you've made, that a lot of people get lost in building a business and they get lost in why they wanted to do it in the first place. So that it's really an amazing example, I think. Yeah, and, it, and I felt I felt felt guilty of creating this property business, trying to pay is making lots of money from real estate, and then I wasn't exercising. I was putting a lot more weight again, and I was like, "Oh, hang on a minute!" I was resenting going out and taking time out to go out and fulfil my hobby, which was trekking at the time. And I had to sort of take a real good look at myself. So hang on a minute. The reason why you're doing real estate or property is because you want to do this. Yeah. So just go do it. And I had a big life sort of change in 2010 where I got divorced or got separated from my wife. And then a year or two later, we were divorced. So my property portfolio, you know, was divided, you know, and I, and I lost quite a bit of income from it. So at that time, it was... Okay, do I carry on my main focus on real estate and then forget my dream for another two or three years or just be appreciative of what I've got left and just go and become qualified and and set this business up that you wanted to set up? And it was the latter that I followed. I'll just set the business up. Let's go for it. I knew I was going to come back into real estate further down the line. Yeah. Which I am now. Yeah, and you do. You just have to go for it. You have to step out and because they're never – as they, they always say, there's never a perfect time. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- 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 there is never a perfect time, or is there? The time is now. Yeah, right. Right now <laughs> and is the I think time. I needed that push from IT, come from the corporate world, because I was quite happily running two worlds together, but I knew that one had to go, and I knew yeah. it was a corporate. And I was pushed. I was pushed. I was given a, a choice of retraining, or to leave. And thankfully, I had that vision and the boldness to say, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Company for 14 years, I had three months severance pay. Oh, wow. Corporate world for you know. <laughs> hey ho. <laughs> so the choice was made for me, but I knew I needed to make it, and it, it was great, and it's, it's working out. Let's not be, uh, be mindful here that it's, it's, does it does have its problems. Yeah. Just as it's called sweaty waking up and what am I doing this for moments and everybody that's in business will definitely relate to that. Some mistakes, some big mistakes. I've <laughs> <laughs> tried mistakes, some costly mistakes. Um, but it's I think that's just the entrepreneurial journey. And we just yeah. keep moving forward. Yeah. And and sticking to your why. Absolutely. So if you're able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out as an entrepreneur, what would it be? Believe in your dreams, believe in yourself. Yeah, just believe it will work out in the end. If you if you have those strong enough reasons why. I think as you know, as, as you know, as well as the coach and property mentor and everything that you do, it's we're often buried that dream because we've been in corporate or ed, the, the J-O-B world. And, and, and education, education is the same in the UK as it is in the US. You, your dreams are just kicked out of you. You, yeah. You're in that that machine, as we all know. And a question I ask sort of from our one coach people is, what do you want to do when you were nine? Oh, wow. 10 or 11. Astronauts, be in the military, do this, do that, whatever. Because we, we dream then, don't we? Just yeah. before 
we go into the higher skills where you're not allowed to dream. You can't yeah. collaborate. You can't work with other people. You're solitary you're on your own. So I take people back to that moment and say, okay, so what's stopping you from doing that now? And then the excuses came out. and The reasons, not excuses, are the reasons why we can't do this, but we know the excuses. Yeah. All come out and then, okay, then we start working on that. I think when I was that age, I wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always remember watching, I think it was 12 or 13, watching Mount, uh, Everest, programs about Everest on the, on the TV. And I couldn't believe that something that was five and a half miles high and still growing, you know, dropped a little bit in the earthquake, but still growing every yep. single year. That could be so, and it was sort of like, so I was fascinated by, by Everest. And when I first saw that back in 2012, I cried. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And actually bizarre. I had sort of tears in my eyes and, and sort of like, oh man, I'm here. I'm good, good, good people now just sort of thinking about it. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, it's great to see that, that reaction to when people see Everest, if they've had that long, lifelong dream, that dream for many years to go and see Mount Everest, and then they see it for the first time with the plume of cloud coming off the top, that iconic, and just the tears and just the, the, the solitude that they're in, and, and film it because you can film it now on the iPhone, and I know, I know, I, you know, testimony whilst they're there in the moment. Yeah, it, it's just for me is you know my job here is done. Yeah, really, and that's there. You know, go if I can. If I had to go tomorrow, then I'll be happy with what I've achieved now. Twelve yeah. years ago, corporate IT, other than my two children, I wouldn't have been so happy. Yeah. Now my children can be proud of me, and they are. But they've told me I can't climb Mount Everest. There's limits. Yeah. Daddy doesn't want to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and lose some limbs, and. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, digits and go blind and. <laughs> yeah. There's too many people. I won't go into that. It's a little rant. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So I want to mention again your website, Mountains in Mind. If anyone is listening, you want to uh, check out Darren's programs. And he's also on Facebook and Twitter under the same name. Again, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been just an amazing podcast. And it's been inspirational in, in so many ways. Thank you, Amy. I've been looking forward to this for months now, and I think when we first connected. Yeah. Um, it was May, June, I can't remember now. It was a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. And um, yeah, I've been so much looking forward to it because yeah, I knew your sort of background as well. I knew your father, your, your dad is in, your dad's into all the outdoors as well. So I knew there's lots of energy there. Yeah, um, it makes yeah. me want to go on one of your trips, honestly. Hey, just come along. Absolutely. Yeah. Details up. Yeah, so. Yeah, we also, yeah, it's just amazing. Well, I want to, if you're listening, I want to thank you for listening in. If you want more information about uh, this podcast, you can go to a call to thrive.com. Thank you guys for listening and have a wonderful week. Mm-hmm.